Welcome to the City Church Cardiff podcast. We're an Elim Pentecostal church in the center of Cardiff dedicated to bringing hope in the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you're inspired and impacted by this message. This morning, we're continuing our Life Track sermon series where we're talking about journeying through life with Jesus. Life Track is our new discipleship pathway which outlines the intentional and practical next steps to help us all live the way of Jesus. Now, we announced earlier in the service about our new midweek group structure called Collectives. And today I want to talk about why having friends for the journey is vital to our discipleship. The Western world tells us that independence is our aim, that the aim is for people to stand on their own two feet and not have to share, to have their own place, to choose their own way of doing things and be free to pursue an independent path. And independence is enticing because it brings feelings of control and strength. When we get to be our own boss with no one telling us what to do and when we can cope on our own, that's when we've succeeded. We love picking out superstar individuals, not their teams or their groups, but the visionary CEO or the self-made person who did it their way, who made it, we like to think, without the help of anyone else. We applaud that independence and raise it up as the aim, as the ultimate goal. But the problem is we want to have our cake and eat it because we want independence. We, we don't want anyone interfering in our life, but we're also frightened of being alone. Loneliness is so prevalent in our society and we know the damaging effects of it on people's health and even on society as a whole. But neither independence or loneliness are in God's plan for us. We weren't made to go it alone. We weren't designed for isolation. This is why one of the worst punishments a person can experience is isolation. In fact, research into isolating prisoners for punishment has shown it to be a form of psychological torture. So for all the talk of independence, people's fear of loneliness reveals something deep inside us that knows that we're created for relationship. We're created for connection with others. The fact is, we're not better going it alone. We're not better lonely. We need friends for the journey. Every single person is made to not only be in a relationship with God, but also to be in a relationship with each other. We're commanded to love God with all our hearts, our minds, our strength, but we're also commanded to love our neighbour as ourself. Life with God and life with each other. Being a Christian isn't defined by a, a one-time event. It doesn't just happen on a day when you say you want to make a commitment. Being a Christian is the commitment. We're not just believers in Jesus, we're followers of Jesus. And that affects every area of our lives, including our relationship with each other. The Bible is actually stronger than we often recognise on this topic. The Bible doesn't just talk about us knowing each other. It says that once we're in God's family, once we're Christians, we belong to one another. You know, fellowship doesn't just mean hanging out together. It speaks about an interdependence, a unity in Christ. We belong to each other and we can't grow without each other. We can't fulfil the plans that God has for us without each other. We're made to journey with others. As Dominic talked about last week, when we become followers of Jesus, we become part of God's family. And within that, we're called to be part of a local church family. Well, here at City Church, a great way of ensuring we have friends for the journey of making sure that we invest in relationships is by being part of a collective, a group of people who are committed to journeying together with discipleship at the heart. God knows the importance of our togetherness, of our commitment to each other. And so the Bible tells us a lot about how we're to act towards one another, about how the way that we treat one another. God shows us the why and the how of being friends on the journey together. 
Now, one of the places for us to look at this why and how is in the high number of one another commands in the Bible. These are behaviours that we do because of our love for Jesus, but they also involve other people. These commands, by their very nature of being to and with one another, need other people in order to be fulfilled. It's impossible for us to follow these commands without each other. Doing life with other Christians is not an optional extra in our walk with Jesus. It's actually key to our walk. This isn't just the bonus bit, the nice to have bit. We're called to togetherness. This togetherness was so key to the early church. Andy Stanley put it like this. The primary activity of the church was one anothering one another. We have to be connected to each other in order to one another one another, in order to live out these one another commands. Jesus said, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. The world is watching us, how we relate to one another, how we treat each other, how we act towards each other. We send a message about who we are and about who Jesus is by how we are to one another. And it's the same with each other. We demonstrate who Jesus is by how we relate to one another, how we connect with each other. So I want to look at four key themes from these one another commands, four ways in which we live out these one another commands and some of the ways in which we can outwork these in our collectives too. So the first key theme in these commands is that we are called to love one another. There are lots of verses in the Bible that tell us to love one another. This isn't just a passing the time of day with each other, showing a, a vague interest in one another, kind of liking each other a bit, as long as I haven't had a bad day, kind of loving each other. The Bible is absolutely clear on this. Loving each other is of outstanding importance. Jesus said in John 13, 34, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Do you know, this is so significant. This was a command. This wasn't said as an option, as a kind of, it'd be nice if you could suggestion. Jesus' command was to love one another. And this command is repeated again and again in the Bible. Do you kind of get the feeling that God thought we might struggle with this one? Jesus put skin and bones on the command to love. God loved us so much that he came to earth to become like us so that we might become like him. We, he demonstrated love so fully, so completely, so beautifully. And his command is that just as he loved us, we should love each other. Now, we've really taken this too lightly. Jesus loved, we should love, got it, sounds good. But hang on a second. This is Jesus who loved us so fiercely, so strongly, so passionately, so magnificently that he sacrificed himself for us. And that's the kind of love that we're called to. This is powerful. We're called to a love for each other that's so great that it's only possible through Jesus. This kind of love isn't just a, a warm, fuzzy feeling. This kind of love has a roar to it. It acts. This is love as a verb. And this is why we need to genuinely be rooted in a church family and investing relationally in a small group. This can't just be a group of people we sometimes bump into on a Sunday if we're free, when we're able to meet, that is. This is family who we love, who we're committed to, who we act in love towards. And of course, in this time when we're not able to meet in the building, we need to be even more intentional in our relationships, choosing to connect over technology instead. The church should be known for our love, yet we're human. Sometimes we annoy each other and even upset each other, but we should be known for love. We should be the best at it. We should excel at it. We should be defined by it. After all, we know the source of love. So our first set of one another commands is to love one another. 
The second theme for us to look at is being one with one another. Now there are a number of different one another commands that speak into this. Be at peace with one another. Live in harmony with one another. Accept one another. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive one another. Always strive to do what is good for each other. Do not slander one another. Don't grumble against one another. Confess your sins to each other. Being one with one another is not just preference. Being united with our Christian sisters and brothers brings honour to God. Now, sometimes people have spent too long in front of EastEnders, I think, rather than in the word of God. and believe that life is meant to be a drama of backbiting and criticising and falling out. Well, here's a quick reminder. No church service should ever end with a cliffhanger, a dramatic pause and an emotive drumbeat. Being one, being united with one another doesn't mean we're all always going to agree about everything or even have all of our preferences met. After all, where two or three are gathered, there'll be at least four or more opinions. But it does mean that we choose peace over anger, that we choose kindness over bitterness, that we choose compassion over envy, that we choose patience over offence, that we choose truth over slander, that we choose confessing our own sins over grumbling about others. These are choices that are so needed in a church family in order for us to remain as one, to choose our togetherness. Unity means that we can get more done. Quite frankly, if we're too busy arguing amongst each other, how will we have time to come together in our mission to make disciples of all the nations? We can't transform the world if we spend all of our time focusing on our disagreements with each other. You know, the early church had such an impact. They were able to demonstrate Jesus so powerfully. And we're told in Acts 2 that they were together, that they ate together, that they met together, that they shared together, that they worshipped together, that they recognised the importance of togetherness and lived it out, not as a theory, but as daily life. And what was the result? The Lord added to their number daily. Unity is attractive. When we choose to stick together, when we choose oneness amidst diversity, people see, we benefit and God is glorified. Do you know, I think unity and diversity are the perfect foundations for receiving and outworking the gifts of the Spirit. We see this in the book of Acts. The early church were diverse and united and the Spirit moved in and through them powerfully. That's one of the wonderful things about getting together regularly, even online. When a small number of others who are following Jesus that get together, we have the opportunity to unite together regardless of background and experience the Holy Spirit at work amongst us. So our second set of one another commands is to be one with one another. Our third theme is to value one another. We can read verses in the Bible that talk about how we do that. Wash one another's feet, honour one another above yourselves, serve one another humbly in love. In humility, value others above yourselves. Clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. When we value each other, we serve one another. We do everything we can to connect with our group, not just for our own benefit, but for the benefit of others in the group too. You know, selflessness in relationships is absolutely vital. Looking after our own needs or prioritising yourself is not, and not considering others is a surefire way to damage a relationship. The same is true in the church. 
Can you imagine if we acted in the same way in our homes as we sometimes do about church? If I sat at the dinner table and didn't like the conversation one day, so decided I'd be having dinner around my neighbour's house tomorrow night. Or I got fed up with what my family was watching on TV, so I went round to number 23 and asked what they were watching to see if that might suit me a bit better. Or if I didn't like the food one evening, so I decided to wander down the road and see what somebody else was having to see if it looked a bit tastier to me. When we value each other, we commit to each other. We spend time with each other and we consider each other. By valuing others, we don't become worthless ourselves. Quite the opposite, actually. You know, the verse that we read from 1 Peter 5 says, clothe yourselves in, with humility towards one another. Humility doesn't mean we have no value. Daniel Strickland said, true humility is agreeing with God about who you are. And we also need to agree with God about who others are too. Do you know, one of the things I pray regularly is I ask God to help me see other people with his eyes, that no matter what is going on in their lives, help me to see them with your eyes, God. We can truly value others just for who they are with God's help. If as church family, we take this approach, we honour and value and serve one another, no one misses out. Think about it. If we're all looking out for each other, valuing each other and serving each other, no one will be left out and no one will be left without. It's not just about me and my walk with Jesus. It's about journeying together, valuing your discipleship as well as mine, valuing how you're doing as well as how I'm doing. Our collectives are going to be the front line of pastoral care in the church. Of course, there'll be leaders who are called to pastor and care for the group, but the group is also called to care for and value one another too. This is how everyone can not only receive support, but play their part in supporting and serving others. When a group of people who love Jesus value and honour one another, it really is a reflection of the kingdom of God. So our third area of one another commands is to value one another. And our fourth area is to encourage one another. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Encourage one another and build each other up but encourage one another daily. Spur one another on towards love and good deeds. In the first two scriptures we read there, Paul is writing to the church in Thessalonica who have withstood suffering and persecution. None of us were meant to go through suffering alone. We're not meant to have to withstand the storms of life in isolation. We're better together when we can encourage one another and stand with each other. Whether we're rejoicing or mourning, whether we have something to celebrate or something to grieve, we need friends for the journey. Friends who will laugh and cry right there with us. We're better together when we surround ourselves with godly counsel, with those who build us up. You know, it's so important that we trust godly people into our lives, allow them to know us and give them authority to speak into our situations. People who are concerned with our discipleship, with us becoming more and more like Jesus. And that's what's at the heart of our collectives, discipleship, the discipling of each person on their journey with God. You know, one of the reasons why we're keeping collectives as between eight and 12 people is so that people have an opportunity for a depth of relationship, for accountability, for knowing each other well, so that discipleship can be the priority of each of the groups. Now, the groups will encourage each other. They'll spur one another on in their faith. They'll discuss the sermons from the Sunday services, encouraging one another about how they can put them into practice. There'll be a place where everyone can be inspired to take the next step 
on their life track. One of the things I've noticed during lockdown is the amount of people who have got into running. The banana bread craze seemed to give way to the running phase. In fact, maybe the two things are connected. <laughs> Personally, I cannot stand running. It is the worst form of exercise that I can think of. I get the benefits outdoors in the fresh air and it doesn't cost anything. But if I'm going to exercise outside, give me a good walk any day. However, whilst running is not my thing, cheering is. I've got friends who have run the London Marathon and like many other marathons and half marathons, one of the things that is great is people don't just put their number on their running tops, they also put their name. So when they run past you, whether you know them or not, you can shout their name loudly and cheer them along. Or if they're dressed in a funny costume, you can shout the costume. There's nothing quite like spending the day shouting, come on the clown or keep going the bee or run giant big Ben, run. Whenever I've cheered along at the marathon, I've seen people really responding when they heard their name being cheered. Do you know, it makes such a difference shouting a name rather than a general encouragement to all of the people who are running. And we need that encouragement regularly, don't we? Encouragement from people who cheer us on by name. Encouragement from people who know us and care about us. Encouragement is about investing in each other and building one another up. It's about playing a, an active role in the encouragement of others, knowing each other and being known, spurring one another on, no matter what situation it is that we're facing. Now, the observant among you will have noticed that our one another themes create an acronym. We're commanded to love one another, be one with one another, to value one another and to encourage one another. The foundation of all of this is the love of Jesus. The love of Jesus is the reason for our togetherness. It's the reason we're on the journey in the first place. The love of Jesus is the source of our love for one another. The love of Jesus is our motivation to be one with one another. The love of Jesus means we can see each other as he does, that we value one another. The love of Jesus enables us to be encouragers of one another. It's all about the love of Jesus. When we grasp that we belong to one another, that we need friends for the journey, we stop just watching church and instead we become the church. Church, let me encourage you, join a group. If you're not in one already, join a group. Don't try and do this journey on your own. Get some friends for the journey who will support you and inspire you to become more like Jesus. Let's pray. God, thank you that you designed us to be in relationship with you and with each other. Thank you for our church family, for all those who call City Church their home and for the guests watching too. Lord, would you help us to put these one another commands into practice, to love one another, to be one with one another, to value one another and to encourage one another. Help us to prioritise connecting with one another. I pray that even as we meet online, we would encounter you amongst us, Holy Spirit, I pray that City Church collectives will be spirit-filled and impactful, where people encounter your love and become more like you, Jesus. Lord, help us to reflect you to each other. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, if you're watching today and you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, I want to give you an opportunity now to pray a prayer. A prayer to say sorry for the wrong things in your life and a prayer that says you want to commit to following Jesus, to being in a living relationship with him. The words are going to appear on the screen and so if you would like to pray this prayer now, you can follow along. Jesus, I acknowledge that I have done wrong things and that my sin has separated me from you. But I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. 
Today, I ask for your forgiveness and thank you for your gift of new life. I receive you as my Lord and Saviour. I choose relationship with you and I choose to live for you. Please come into my heart and change my life now and forevermore. Amen. Well, if you said that prayer for the first time today, a huge congratulations. Do you know all of heaven celebrates over the person who comes back to God? Please do visit our website, citychurchcardiff.com forward slash next to connect with us and find out more about the next steps in your journey with God. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing your stories going forward about the impact of being in a collective. God bless. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. To find out more, visit our website at citychurchcardiff.com or find us on social media.